And welcome to episode 236 of the Saturn Studs Podcast. I'm Kurt, joined by my elected co-hosts, Peter and Jake. Yeah, that's right. This week, coming at you on election week, of course, with the kimchi spaghetti sauce edition. Uh, I got it last week for Halloween, so it's, you know, double holiday. It's a festive, it's a festive treat. For sure. When I think of Halloween, mm-hmm. I think kimchi spaghetti sauce. <laughs> it um, it, one every it smells. It just smells like, it just smells like kimchi. Would you like this now? This is mm. really. Mm, I like how so I'm, good. I'm like I'm so dumb. I'm I'm like leaning into the computer to see it better. God, I hate myself. I'm only <laughs> here because my parents were gerrymandered to love me. Boy, we live in Redistrict a, my a heart. nightmare hellscape that is the U.S. electoral system, where it takes two. As, makes you really want to. As happy you know. as I am that we had record voter turnout, I never want this much voting by mail ever again, no. because this election has consumed my fucking life yes. for the past week. I had plans. I had goals. They got brushed aside. I've watched ABC News and MSNBC and Fox. All of them combined. Oh Too much. You've turned into an airport terminal, watched, Jake. Yes. I've watched more CNN this last week. And that's only when ABC News' main crew isn't on. I switch over to CNN. I've watched more CNN this week than I have my entire life <clears throat> previous. And you know what it is? It's just Wolf Blitzer throwing the Jack King on the board where he brings up the same like eight counties that are still counting and being like, yep, we're getting more votes. We're legally count. We're counting all legally casted votes. <laughs> Dude, give it give it up for those guys because they are they have not Dude, gone home. They haven't showered. Still wearing the Jack same suit. Jack King is like fucking he's a machine. I don't think he's a real human being. I think he's you know what I think they have going on? I think it's like the movie Moon with Sam Rockwell where they just have a lot of like clones of Jack King that emerge every like four hours. You get a new clone. <laughs> this one's worn out. This one's burned out. Bring in the new one. <laughs> the next one. Uh, yeah, it really makes you want to just pack up your whole city on wheels and just drive the fuck out of there. Yeah. Let's, or, or alternatively build a walled garden, uh, to avoid roaming cities that you don't introduce until the third act when it becomes Star Wars. There oh was boy. so much elements uh... in this movie. <laughs> so we watched Mortal Engines for reasons that are still unclear to me. Um, you want to know why? You want to know why the reason why I suggested this is because um oh yes. fuck I don't even remember I think it was it was a couple weeks ago somebody was like hey remember. Remember Mortal Engines? I saw some video that they were just no. like the movie, movie that did worse than Aquaman, and I have to say, after awarding Aquaman my dumbest movie of the year award, I might have to rescind that and award it to Mortal Engines because <laughs> goddamn, they're like this movie, like took two trillion dollars to make, and it somehow lost more than that. This movie lost so much more. More money than the GDP of Kazakhstan. It's crazy. 
You could buy Kazakhstan for this movie's yeah. production budget. You could eat Kazakhstan with your giant city. You can guild Borat. Oh. <laughs> yeah, it's, just it's, cover him in gold leaf. <laughs> it's crazy. Um, yeah. Uh, so I, I just I yeah, wanted to see ball. because some people were saying like it wasn't as bad, like it shouldn't have flopped this hard. But it came out in a time where I think it had like a lot of really high competition, like literally release night. I think of like some other some blockbuster that just crushed it. Um, yeah, it came out the same. It was competing with Aquaman, Aquaman, and I think there was a Fantastic Beasts movie maybe around the same time, something like that. There was another like big film franchise that had an installment coming out, and Universal was like, "Oh, we can compete with this. This is Mortal Legends. This is the book series that you know." A lot of people have heard of. Because I think on on paper, I think this should have worked. They good cast. Um, mm-hmm. The way the movie was written, there was no way it was ever going to work. Yeah. Because if seasoned moviegoers yeah. like us can barely understand what the fuck is happening, <laughs> there's no no hope for the general audience. And like sci-fi movies that aren't part of an established film franchise. Don't draw as well as they should. Yeah. I think that's mm-hmm. probably where it lost a so, lot of people was it was like really heavily focused on the sci-fi part and like the post-apocalyptic part where movies like uh, Divergent, where it's this post-apocalyptic thing, uh, focus more on the maybe the character elements of it and aren't and are maybe more acceptable as a concept because moving cities are bizarre (laughs) it is bizarre and like the reason why they're moving like their explanations for why they've developed these moving cities don't make any fucking sense like (laughs) apparently the world is just a string of continuous natural disasters that we really don't see ever and the idea is that well the hurricane can't hit you if you if you're moving yeah if if you run away from it what happens when an earthquake um, <laughs> so I don't yeah, you want to know what else I'm not really enthralled by the premise and uh, the movie itself did little to win me over yeah it's really stupid um, so before we get into trailers I will say so here's what it was con- here's what it lost against in November Crimes of Grindelwald Ooh. knew it Creed 2 oof the 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 modern warfare Robin Hood movie. Remember that shit with the fucking uh, the is just it was just a modern war movie, but it was Robin Hood. Um, oh yeah! Oh Robin. yes! Yeah, the, I remember. Oh yeah, where they where everyone freaked out because you could see the line of the sewing machine on his fucking hood. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so. A lot of a lot of good shit came out in November. This is not it. Um, and what and else is not good shit? Early December was Aquaman, mm. uh, which was not a great yeah. movie, but hyped. Yeah, definitely, definitely more hyped than <laughs> definitely more hyped than a moving city. <laughs> you know what isn't hyped? Uh, Songbird. So if you want to get a t- a sense of the tastelessness of this movie, imagine if in 2001 
they released a movie about 9-11 in between the two towers falling down. That would give you about the same cultural sensitivity that Songbird does here with its uh, mystical pandemic quarantine land of uh, a virus called COVID-23. Yeah, and it's like, like it's like, the, and this is, uh, let's be clear, this is kind I guess a real thing that could happen. You know, technically there could be a new strain of, of COVID and it's it's more I mean, deadly. Do you know what they recently the news that just came out? News that just came out. Tell so me. So Denmark had to kill every mink in the country because minks can catch COVID really quickly and then it mutates into a into a medicine resistant strain. Oh my god. Mm. So all the mink knew, farmers I, in Denmark, I believe, had to kill their entire stock. PETA is freaking the fuck out right now. <laughs> like, <laughs> they were right. <laughs> so many coats. Fire sale on mink coats. No one talk. <laughs> yeah, now's the time to buy. <laughs> now's the time to buy your mink. Holy shit. That's crazy, though. I did not know, one, minks were a thing, mm-hmm. and two, um, <laughs> but I didn't know they were the COVID. Yeah, they were like I, the, the end of the world. Can you imagine? Historical records show that minks were the end of human society in 2021. I don't think COVID yeah, is right. going to be the end of human society. No, it's well, not, not like if the minks. Not plague level. Not if the minks get their hands on it. Spanish flu. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's bad. I'm not downplaying COVID, but like this is an extinction yeah. event. No, <laughs> but but Songbird kind of makes it makes it into yeah. that. COVID 23 is an extinction COVID. event, apparently. <laughs> yeah. So in so we years. got we got four years, three years now, two years to sort this shit out. What year is it? I don't even know anymore. What day is it? Is the election over yet? You wake up in your bed. It's four 2012. Years. You're still in high school. Graduation is months away. You have homework due by noon. <laughs> Life is good. Sometimes, like, I've had a couple dreams recently where I've woken up and it's it's 2016 and we're it's the day we go to Columbus. It's, the day. <laughs> <laughs> it's like we have to warn them. We have to warn them. Club- Ohio was so close to not being that cuck that ruined it all. <laughs> We were in Ohio. We were in we were in like one of three blue counties in Ohio that year, and just the fucking look of abject terror on the faces of the people at the barcade (laughs) as the results rolled in was, I mean, the terrible person in me thought it was great, but like the empath in me was like, oh, that's that's rough. This is not good. (laughs) Oh no, it's really bad. Um. Were we talking about Songbird? Yeah, we were. COVID twenty three. Yeah, there's this dude. He has a girlfriend. Um, her neighbor possibly has COVID twenty three, and she's trying to get in. And he's like, "Don't open that door for her." Oh, the dude's immune because that's a thing that apparently some people are just immune. And then uh, everyone else lives in like walled cities, like. The third act of Mortal Engines, where not China, is is revealed. Look, uh, just like how all animals are slowly evolving into crabs, society is just slowly evolving into walled cities. 
<laughs> is it crabs or lobsters that uh, are crabs like basically crabs. biologically immortal carson carcinization oh oh those um i think it's jellyfish you're you're speaking of kurt which is eternal senescence or i guess just senescence jake you're talking about carcinization yeah. which is um where a lot of shellfish a lot of different shellfish they're like i don't care that i'm a lobster or crayfish crabs got them yeah. they got the plan down it's right so everything just becomes crabs. <laughs> everything just eventually evolves into crab. Yeah. Like if aliens came to Earth and they didn't care about humans, they're like, Earth is a planet of beetles and crabs. And there's like some other stuff on there, I guess. Well, alligators because... are like 250 million years unchanged. Yeah, we'll give it time. They'll become crabs. <laughs> <laughs> crab gators. Ella crabber. Evolution Crab-a-gator? got that one right the first time. <laughs> Crab a crab- dial. Sci-fi hit us up. New Halloween scary movie. My camera can't focus on me. I'm blurry as fuck. Ooh, oh, the blurry I'm, man. Because I'm you've, moving. You've, you heard us review the empty man, <laughs> but get ready for the blurry man. His camera can't focus on him. He's always blurry. <laughs> oh my god, so scary. <laughs> and then when it gets popular and a few more sequels get made, we can eventually do. Blurry Man X, Blurry Man goes to uh, wherever the Bye Bye Man's from. And then the following year, we can do mm. Blurry Man versus Bye Bye Man. <laughs> we'll avoid the mistakes of Freddy versus Jason. I was going to say, are we going to go to space? We're going to bring, bring, bring Blurry Man to space? Of course. That's that's the one no, that... Blurry Man. Was that Red Asher Shift? The, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> we make a whole franchise based on camera problems. <laughs> blurry man aberration blurry really man hit it off red eye automatic <laughs> fix on a blurry blurry man lens flare that one's directed <laughs> by jj abrams series of lens flares and then the one lens flare that made a mistake <laughs> um so a songbird there's not a whole lot i want to say about it other than it's in terrible taste and doesn't really look that great a movie. But the most noteworthy thing about this trailer has nothing to do with the trailer. It's everything to do with YouTube's uh, suggested video algorithm. And, uh, you know, there are some things based on my viewing history. Yeah, yeah, sure, 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 sure. And then there's this one down here under How to Beat Every Trap in Saw 2. Deep fake. Ron Swanson as Wednesday Adams. And the thumbnail is the most disturbing thing I've ever seen. (laughs) I saw that video. It's fucking hilarious you take the you take the sardonic the sardonicity of wednesday and you mix it with a with the pragmaticness of a ron swanson and, and it's comedic gold it's comedic au element wait wait jake <laughs> jake what atomic number is gold fuck uh 70 can't complete 60, the joke 69 I think it's seventy Eight. something. Wait, then what is then? What's twenty six? What, what element is what element twenty six? Boron. I think. <laughs> no, it's not boron. Boron's like five. Go to ptable.com. It might be silver. Ah, uh, internet. Lord. Um, twenty six is iron. 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 Okay. Silver is forty seven. Gold is 79. Ooh, I was right. Ooh, yes. I had a nine right. Man. 
Well, of course, guys. people are going to review the footage and say I said like seventy one and not seventy nine, <laughs> but I knew it was seven. I thought so. played it back. I was hoping it was sixty nine. Incorrect element on the play. What if our society uh, gets so immature to the point where they have to like replace element sixty nine with some other number just to make people stop making the jokes? Six element sixty nine. Well, Jake, you is... can make a whole movie about it and put it on sci fi, and you'll make a gillion dollars. Element 69 is Thulium? Thulium? Yeah. It has an atomic weight of 168.93 grams per mole. Yeah, it does. It's thick. Fuck yeah. (laughs) Or not grams per mole, but grams. Um, It is a uh, a Alanathoid. Oh, it's a it's a lanthanide. It's in that fucking. It's in that like. It's in the one we scum on the bottom of that periodic table. It's the one where you where everything just like those range where like they don't even bother putting it on because it's so fucking esoteric. They told you to skip it. (laughs) (laughs) And this is from people. This is from free people who went to school for four years in like a heavily chemistry focused. I am currently studies. currently taking a heavily chemistry focused <laughs> course right now. <laughs> we passed effectively six levels of chemistry to get our degrees. Oh, hey, um, yeah, I don't know. It... I don't know if we want to derail the whole thing, but um, Associated Press <laughs> did just call Pennsylvania. Nice, right now. Yeah, so. This, you're the hearing it, over. You're hearing it live. Biden is You're hearing it live three hours after the fact. <laughs> <laughs> you're hearing it live. It's live to us. We were there. This shit's crazy. Yep, that's it. 284. This is the moment. Yeah. Whew. Damn. By About fucking time. Still Everyone by small can... margins. <laughs> Go get some 000. sleep, Jack King. Go get some sleep. <laughs> CNN, the Situation Room can be closed for forever, as far as I'm concerned. We don't need it anymore. Shut it all down. We're, We're going to get to the inauguration. Credits. And fucking Nevada's still going to be counting. <laughs> oh, lordy. Um, so right. yeah, so what's our, we have what's our a new president. White Congratulations to Joseph R. Biden. You are the next president of the United States of America. Um, right. And the White Tiger is the next movie coming to Netflix. White, <laughs> white Tiger teaser it was, trailer. I was very white dis- tiger. <laughs> I was very disappointed to find out this is not the sequel to Power Rangers that was teased at the end of the movie is in fact about a uh, wealthy man who moves to India and he has some servants and like all the servant dude wanted to be was a servant. And then the dude's wife is like, that can't fucking be true. They're really, really nice to him. And they're like, you, you have ambitions surely. And he, he just like becomes like a, a mob boss by the end of it. I don't know the trailer, uh, kind of all over the place. In terms of uh, what the hell happens. It's based on a novel. So if you really want to know, I'm sure you can just read the plot summary on Wikipedia and have a 
Very good idea of the direction of the movie. I did not do that because I don't care enough. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of it's kind of set up in the beginning, like kind of like lighthearted and uh, happy-go-lucky, and then I think it t- takes a turn. So I'm not sure what tone they're trying to go for. Yeah, I I don't know either. It just it doesn't seem to make a whole lot of sense, does it? Yeah, it gets real deep. It's it's like into like societal differences and like like rich versus poor kind of thing. Maybe they're trying to do a a parasite kind of thing. Well, that's a big divide in India. Like yeah, they're very separated by class. Like the caste system isn't legally enforced anymore, but it's still like culturally enforced. Gotcha. Yeah, I can see that. So, how that so say my uh, my colleagues from India. Yeah, I can see um, how that can cause some problems. Yeah, so it's uh, that's it. That's it for trailers. There were no new trailers this week. Those were just. Oh, I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. Like uh, we could talk about. I didn't watch it, but Halloween Kills teaser two came out last week as well. We didn't talk about it at the time. Um. I mean, it's a, it's a Michael Myers movie. <laughs> it's it's Halloween. It's it's like most of the other ones you've seen. Danny McBride directed this one, though. That's a little weird. Oh yeah. Um. So, Rick and Bobby. That's different brand. <laughs> Wait, I thought this movie was already out. Damn. No, that was just. It that's was, how you it know it's a good Halloween movie. Is that the first you don't time. know if it's out. Or- Halloween was remade for the third time and it's exist or second time I guess remade but made Wait. for the third time a couple of years ago and Halloween Kills is the sequel to <clears throat> that. Oh. Cuz yeah, it's got a US release date of like October 15th, 2021. Yeah. Okay. So this is the sequel to the one that came out a year or two ago? So, yeah. The one where they brought back uh Jamie Lee Curtis. Jamie Lee Curtis. Yes. Uh, okay. That's the one I'm thinking of then. Yeah, okay. Weird. Well, next Halloween we have something to look forward to. Just like I'm I'm looking forward to watching Peter comb his hair with a fork. You know. Just gotta so unruly. Pick. I gotta I gotta Truly appreciate unruly. his uh his lack of fucks given to do that on camera. Hell yeah. <laughs> you know. This was a man who, Jake, last week, you may have missed it. I was pulling Almond Joys from behind my neck continuously for an entire stream. That was your bet. I had... He was never eating them. He that was. was. Pulling them out. <laughs> I was... Because I was a bowl of candy for Halloween. So I put a fucking bag of Almond Joys behind my head in the, in the, 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 ba- the candy bucket, which was my face. And I would just go, I would just go, mm, it was an almond joy. Yeah, almond joy oh, there's another yeah. one. It was like a grandpa with the fucking coin ears. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Except <clears throat> it, was, your ear? it was oh, it's a melted candy. <laughs> yeah, it's a melted almond joy. Um, yeah, last week's show was a, a bit of an adventure. But the, the video for that is on YouTube, on our YouTube channel. Um, YouTube. And maybe a couple of repost channels. I don't. I, I wouldn't put <laughs> stock in that, but I suppose it's possible. The bots. <coughs> the army the bots. bots. Reposted it. Um. All right. Yeah. 
Well, then on trailers, it gives us more time to fucking shit on this terrible movie. Yeah, but, let's follow yeah. up first, though, with uh, the follow-up. Uh, there's a new number one movie in America, and it stars a monster named Larry. It's Come Play. Larry. Come Play opened <laughs> in first. With that name, I can't. It's... $3.119 million weekend in 21... 21- 83 theaters. Uh, it's distributed by Focus Features. And it also happens to be our Spotlight Film of the Week. Because, of course it was. It was never not going to be this. Actually, for a second, I <laughs> contemplated doing... Uh, because Nightmare Before Christmas is re-released. And I, I was genuinely curious to see what the one-star reviews of that would be like. <laughs> so I, I poked around <laughs> at that. But I'm like, eh, let's stay a little more current. Um, so Come Play is a movie about an autistic child and his mother, Gillian Jacobs, who, uh, are haunted by Larry, the most frightening name for a monster ever. You know, I'm sure when people discuss the legends of horror, the, uh, leather faces, jigsaws, Freddy Krueger's Jason Voorhees of the word world. Larry's going to be right up there with him. <laughs> Lally. Lally. Um, it has a 51% critic score on Rotten Tomatoes, a 64% audience score. So it's actually not hated, which is interesting. Uh, 58% on Metacritic and a 5.8 out of 10 on IMDb, which plants it firmly in the mediocre category. If you listen to the fucking critics, <laughs> why would you do that? You need real people with real reviewer traits. Once again, we have screened every reviewer we were going to read here today to make sure that they are clean and have real reviewer traits. We've examined the woman that they breed with, and uh, everything's on the up and up. So you don't have to worry about it. Premium reviewers here. One of the best. The original reviewer. Reviewer outlet, IMDb. Um, so, there there were a lot of positive reviews for this movie, but none of them were, like, particularly noteworthy. So, I don't have any 10 stars. I do have a few 9 and 8 stars. Um, they're not particularly exciting. Uh, there are no deranged reviewers, unfortunately, but I, I did the best with what I had. So, we have... Skittlefit has a review of Come Play here. It's a 9 out of 10. Better than similar films from the same genre. Submitted November 1st, 2020. The trailer looked good. I'm going to stop you right there. I reject the premise of your review. (laughs) (coughs) The trailer looked good, so I buckled up and gave it two hours of my life. And I'm glad I did. The build-up, finally seeing Larry, the was worth it. Um, and it was honestly creepy. I had a few good goosebump moments, ellipses, but I never got jump scared like other reviewers said. I was kind of hoping the story was going to go in a different direction than it did. I was hoping Larry really was misunderstood, but I'm satisfied with the ending, albeit a bit predictable, ellipses. It was rather sad, ellipses. So if you got a soft spot... I'd recommend having a tissue nearby. 
9 out of 13 found that helpful. So it's a tearjerker ending in this horror movie. Mm. That's that's a thing. Mm-hmm. I don't think uh, that's why well. this reviewer was crying. 1 out of 10 <laughs> by Hamel a- a- Anil Delaver. <laughs> Three eight eight one five. <laughs> the actual horror is that someone gave this movie a budget, made an account just to give this movie the rating it deserved. Oh, this person! I have to say, I'm a huge horror fan, and I was pretty excited to watch this film after the high score I saw here. A huge disappointment would be an understatement. First of all, if you read the reviews, you'll see that most of them are written with unrecognizable wish Chinese merchandiser language that is far distant from English. This movie is the horror movie version of when you order online when it arrives home meme. (laughs) It's pretty fucking good. Oh, it's it's the Chinese bots that are reviewing this movie. (laughs) What a terrible plot that is basically a non-rhyming, less-inspired version of Babadook. I have to give credit to the movie because usually I have the low-budget B-movies with terrible acting. Or I love the low-budget B-movies with terrible acting. But none of them had the level of uncanniness in Jillian Jacobs' acting. This was the worst one I have ever seen. The part where she's running quote, running downstairs to check the children is my favorite. Throughout the film, after seeing some of the well-thought-out, almost artistical jump-scare scenes where would indicate that someone knew what they were doing. The only scary thing about this movie is that this movie had a budget. It's not even a good-bad movie. Unfriending Larry on Facebook. Um... Can you do me a favor? Can you click on his profile and verify that he did, in fact, make it to review that? Uh, So this is weird. Now, he's been an IMDb member since October 2016. However, this is the only... uh, Oh, November... Yeah, so he did this on November 1st. He gave one star to Reese. Uh, hold on. What's the review for it? Did he actually review it? No. He's only he's only reviewed this movie, but he only rated uh, Reese or Rice. I don't know what it is. But he made the account in 2016, so he's apparently, a liar. Apparently, yeah, that he's, he's been a member since 2016. I don't know if that's due to something else or or what. I don't know if you have to like make a separate account to review movies. That could be possible. But I'm going to assume he was a liar because that makes <sighs> yeah. me feel better about catching him in a lie. Uh, go ahead, Peter. Sus. <laughs> um, Acting very sus, yes. Yeah, so we've got Yusu- Yusuf Piskin. I don't know what that... That sounds like it's, it means something. It sounds like it's a reference to something, but I don't know. Uh, with his 6 out of 10... Uh, Much better than I expected. Come Play is definitely the most surprising movie of 2020 so far for me. I was expecting this to be complete garbage because of that disgusting tittle. And then I saw the trailer and I was kind of hyped. Then I saw the short Larry and I was hyped even more. Then I watched the movie and I liked it. This movie obviously has flaws and I'm not saying it does. It does not. 
But what I am saying is that this is pretty damn good horror movie, at least for 2020 standards. Not in my favorite horror movies of all times, but it's pretty good. Jacob Chase directed this movie to perfection. Keep in mind what I just what he just wrote and that he gave it a six out of ten. Um, yeah. But perfection. Like, wow, the suspense that is in this movie is very strong. And I love the demon Larry. What an icon. Honestly, he really is terrifying. The demon I love Larry. the idea of a demon living in phones. <laughs> what an icon. Oh, um, okay. I love the idea of a demon living in phones and screens. That's a really cool concept to me. I love the story of the movie. It's a little bit unconventional, honestly. Yes, it is a child friending a demon story we have seen thousands upon thousands of times before, but this movie has an unconditional approach to the sub genre. With the main child, Oliver, in the movie, he is autistic. In the trailers, not a spoiler. And he talks via phone or tablet and just adds an interesting depth to the movie. You have some touching emotional moments, especially towards the end. No spoilers, of course. Where this does fall fail for me is characters' decisions in this movie are some of the dumbest things I have ever seen. There are certain scenes that made me want to shout in the theater why, just why. It took me out of the movie so fast whenever we had dumb moments from our characters. Some of the characters, like the group of bullies, are annoying and just flat-out dicks. I mean, it adds to the plot, but it's not just pleasant to see bullies practically attacking an autistic child. But overall, this movie is extremely surprising, and I highly recommend checking out Come Play. It was such a good movie to see on Halloween. I know the theaters are slow right now, but this is one you should see in the theaters or wait till it comes to home. But I really do think you should go out and support this movie. <laughs> no one found that helpful. No one no reviewed one. it. No one looked imagine. at that review. <laughs> Um, <laughs> the demon Larry. I can't remember. What an icon! The demon icon. Larry go down in history. Um, I I will confess I selected this review almost entirely for the name of the reviewer, uh, Muhammad Jal Shobaki has a review here of come play it's an 8 out of 10 only 5.9 it's actually 5.8 now question mark exclamation point really two question marks two exclamation marks i love it ellipses it's a wonderful movie it has has a lot of excitement thriller and emotions heart emoji i think it's one of the best horror movies in 2020 watch it now and just like seven periods in a row um but the more depressing thing here is that uh three or four found it helpful hmm. too many that's that's entirely uh, too many it's entirely uh, too many reviews if the demon larry what an icon can't get a single rating why the fuck does this have four and why are three of them positive <laughs> it's it's the it's the uh the, the typos that really attract the people I demand answers. One out of ten. I demand satisfaction. Wasn't worth a single second. I think they meant single. <laughs> By Stalmiga. <laughs> Stalmiga. Um, hey, uh, Muhammad Jal Shabaski has a review of Fighting With My Family. <laughs> Ooh. I mean, come on, dot, dot, dot. I've watched a lot of bad movies, but this one probably gets the price of the worst movie. 
I've ever seen. That's not. What, is that a thing? The actors' what? feelings felt so fake, and the voice of the voices did not suit the the situation at all. <sighs> and the plot a failure on a deeper meaning. Wow. <laughs> The message was that was to be conveyed felt forced and fake. However, that was a good idea. Then on the then on to the writing, another disappointment. Hardly anything fit and felt natural. Finally, at the end, I won't spoil anything, but you will be so disappointed with two periods. Ten out of thirty-nine found that helpful. Not worth a single second. It's it. not worth a single, not a second. single second. I don't know what that is, but it's not worth it. <laughs> it's provocative. It gets the people going. Uh, and then to finish up, we have my... I, I like this one. Uh, the Legend of the 42. By the way, shout out. Ferguson 6, greetings again from the darkness. Uh, did make a review on this one. Nice. I need to start. I need to start actually reading his reviews because they might be fun. Um, but yeah, Legend well. of the 42, 5 out of 10. This could have been good. Yeah, could have been. Like in, actually wasn't. Two more drafts, and this could have been something special. But as it is, come play is a bit boring and repetitive. Honestly, that's almost all I can say about this one. Don't get me wrong, though. There's a lot of good work in this film. Some really good performances, and some not-so-good ones as well. But you know what they say. The fish stinks from the head. And it does. Many situations come across as being at least unauthentic, with some dialogue that feels like it was written in a drunk frenzy. Which I don't condemn, but still, <laughs> it feels like the writer, who's also the director, which I don't necessarily recommend, just watched some YouTube screenwriter masterclass, and in it he learned about the importance of setups and payoffs. Yes, those setups are very obvious, and the payoffs are, uh, well, let's say naive. Two more drafts, overlooked by a good writer, and this could have been really good. But as it is, it's a watchable and at times questionable and cringy pseudo-horror film that was at least competently made. Except for some sound, sound design decisions. Will you ever learn that turning on the phone's LED doesn't make a flashlight charging sound? Meh. Zero out of three found that helpful. Yeah. Well, he. You know uh, what they had... say: the the fish stinks from the head. <laughs> the fish to head. I don't. I don't know what that means. I'm gonna look that up. These reviewers always bring in the deeper, the deeper meanings. We learn a lot from these reviews. Like I had no idea there was a Washington State-based pizza franchise called Pizza Pipeline that sold a dish called <laughs> the Cinnamon Pipeline. Trixie Sticks and Zesty Cheese Bread. Oh, I want to. I want to just like shill for them, just on principle. <laughs> Honest thief is down to second, displaced by Come Play. One point three million dollars there. Uh, the War of Grandpa up in twenty theaters, but still down thirty three point six percent to one point two million. Tenant in its ninth week, uh, under a million dollars. Uh, no number of theaters there, so I don't know what that means. Um, the Empty Man falls from third to fifth, down 50, almost 
Hocus Pocus, the 2020 re-release, maintains its spot in sixth, I think. Um, $456,000. Nightmare Before Christmas, 2020 re-release, $386,000. Monsters, Inc., 2020 re-release, $232,000. And then Spell opened in ninth. It is, it's the one about the voodoo. It's Misery with voodoo. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, uh, that one. And the Adams Family animated one, 2020 re-release, uh, grossed a flat $205,000 in 369 theaters, which actually gave it a higher per theater average than all but the top two movies. Oh my god, Alita Battle Angel still in theaters? A little Battle Angel has returned to the top 15. (laughs) 90 weeks has been out. 90 weeks. 128. Now that's a better adaptation than fucking Mortal Engines. Jesus. Mandy 2020 release 19th. Nick Cage. That is what about Nick its sequel, Cage. Billy? That's coming. Uh, I got. I should see Mandy. We should watch Mandy. I did hurt hear that. I that heard was it like was a, insane. Supposed to be like a, a a good movie, or like um, I'm what like an artsy movie. I don't. I don't it's know. It's got how. a. It's got a 91 percent critic score it's on got, Rotten Tomatoes, but only it's a got a lot of visual stuff. 66. Um. No, I don't want to enable ad block for you, Rotten Tomatoes. Fuck off. Mm-hmm. Um, it's got a six point five out of ten on IMDb. Get decent, decent scores. But that's not really important now, is it? We got gaming news to discuss. Yeah. Games. Gaming news. Next gen consoles are right around the corner. The release dates. I think they both release next week wow. uh, if the PS5 isn't already out. Um, I think one of them might have been out. The Xbox Series S, maybe? I don't know. But I think, I know... I think like, review units are, like, coming out. Like, people who yeah. unbox stuff and review shit, like, they're, they're getting sent to people. Right. And they're, like, I've seen pictures. Excuse me. I've seen pictures of them in factories. Or not factories, but, like, stores and inventory stores are getting inventory ahead of the release um so the ps5 it's usable storage now it says it has an 825 gigabyte ssd but after like system allocations and whatnot that effective storage that's available to the end user is always lower and in this case it's a pretty significant difference you get just 667 gigabytes of storage for your PS5 games. Now that might sound like a lot, but when you consider the fact that games like Modern Warfare 2 on PC say, are yeah. like 150 gigabytes and like Doom Eternal is 50 gigabytes, the games are averaging about 50 gigabytes these days. So that's really not as much space as it seems. Yeah, so, they, I mean, like, uh, so Black poorly Ops. optimized. Yeah, but I mean, Black Ops Cold War, um, just... They just reduced it by 90 gigabytes, but that only brings it down to uh, 
Well, that brings it actually from 175 to uh, 82 gigabytes. Oh, only 82 gigabytes for one game? <laughs> yeah, yeah, 82 gigabytes for one game. And I think, I don't know what, I don't know, like, they snuck in a big amendment to the space required on PC dropping, I don't know. I don't know if they removed stuff from the game or something like that. They may have actually just coded in some compression algorithms to bring some things down. Uh, but yeah, that's... It's like they could, you could have just shaken the terabyte and all the bytes would have fucking compressed. Um, <laughs> I want to see, just for reference, what the file size of Pokemon Red was. Um, I think it was... all. Weren't all Game Boy games like 16 megs at most? Yeah. Uh, this was 11 megs to run Pokemon Red. Six megs. You can fit the entire Genesis library on a 256 megabyte flash drive. Yeah. This is this is what happens when you have actual restrictions on your game and you can't just like fucking splay out like a fucking like someone just pours oobleck on a table and it just goes everywhere. It's just file size. Fuck it. We'll load in each each polygon will have its own fucking loading screen. <laughs> um We'll give each one a name. And to make matters worse, you cannot store your PS5 games on an external hard drive. According to a Push Square article. Wait, really? But but there are hard drives that you can get separate. Well, you can move PlayStation 4 games backwards and forwards between the SSD and external HDD. The same option does not apply to the next-gen software. It's disappointing and something we hope Sony fixes because depending upon your internet connection, it's always going to be quicker to transfer from a USB storage device rather than downloading the games over again. So uh, it could be a software oversight or it could be a planned uh, restriction. Hard to tell at this juncture, but as of now, as of release, you can't move them off and... uh, with only 660-some-odd gigabytes of internal storage. It's going to get real tight real quick. I I can't wait until they release a fucking game that just... They didn't think about it and didn't realize that it was larger than the included SSD, since you can't store it externally. Just no one can actually play it. This is my... buys into my theory that we'll eventually get games that are reviewed, played, and bought without any interaction from the customer. <laughs> that's my, again, that's my dystopian future where the gaming industry is just completely autonomous. It's just it's just doing circles in the background and everyone just goes on with their lives. Today is N7 Day, a day where Mass Effect fans come to celebrate the, the series that has meant so much to all of us. And EA has promised something big for N7 Day this year, and uh, they've gotten pretty much all the voice cast back together to do an N7 panel where they're going to announce something big. And it's been rumored for months now that a remastered trilogy of Mass Effect has been in the works. So the smart money says that's what's getting revealed today. Uh, so by the time you tune into our Mass Effect 3 stream on... Uh, at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on Twitch TV backslash Saturn Studs. 
we will likely have gotten the announcement and we will share our thoughts on that. I am hoping for a remaster trilogy and yeah, I have the- a couple features that I want added into and I've I've talked about them a little bit in our streams. One feature I'd like to see added, of course, upgraded texture resolutions. The games are they still look pretty good in terms of like in-engine rendering, but the texture resolution is quite poor. Number two, native controller support on PC. I think that it's stupid that it didn't ship with this originally, and the the mods to do it, uh, like, really use code that was still present in the game for the controller support, so why not just enable it by default? That would make things a lot easier for most people. And lastly, tune the Mako controls. <laughs> in Mass Effect 1 or replace the Mako sections all together well I don't think you can replace them but like streamline them a little bit I don't think you're going to have too many people complaining about that but uh, hopefully we see those coming out soon and yeah I will, I will 100% plop down full price for <laughs> remaster trilogy won't even, won't even hesitate so at 11 p.m. Oh, I'm sorry, at 11 a.m. Eastern today. So, ongoing right now. There will be the panel and possibly the announcement. So, at the closure of the show, I will check out to see what. Well, I, I did see just an article. Right now, I just I shared a uh, Discord that it was confirmed by uh, Bioware and EA. yeah, 55 minutes they... ago. I'm looking at this here. I don't know if they're going to uh, talk about it more later or what, but... Firm. So, I'm looking at Jeff Grubb's Twitter right now. He's verified, and he's retweeted Mass Effect. Your choices, your squad, your shepherd. Relive the legend and remastered edition of the highly cramed trilogy. Mass Effect Legendary Edition arrives spring 2021. So, it's happening, folks. Um, Spring yeah, you don't have to wait too long. That's that's not too far away. So. No, yeah, I'll just, I'll finish up Cyberpunk, and I'll be right right in right in the Mass Effect Remaster trilogy. Um, I like that when there's not a long turnaround rate. Hopefully, it, it it's I feel like if it's been in development for this long and that they expect it to be out by spring, I don't expect there to be any delays to it. There have been yeah, it's been rumored for pretty much all of the latter half of 2020. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if it's been in development that time, but there were rumors of its release possible for this year, like right up until October. And then it kind of like petered out and it became clear that it wouldn't do it. But uh, looking at the the trailer here, I know it's pre-rendered cinematics, but it looks uh, wonderfully updated in terms of uh, graphics. And I'm I'm really excited for this. They that's all it is as far as I can tell is just the announcement that it's happening. We haven't gotten any details on added features, any changes, or or things of that nature. But it is happening, which is which is nice. Uh, spring 2021, got to get them on those next gen consoles. I'm sure that's a large motivation for why this is happening. And I don't know why my frame rate's tanking, but. <laughs> I'm in 24 frames per second here on 
on the thing. And Peter, I think we may have lost Peter. Or he's just sitting very still. Peter, Peter is at the stage. <laughs> if he is, damn, the commitment. <laughs> he's he's committing to this bit. Uh, like I'm a trying to see star. like his eye movement. Maybe his eye movement will give it away. I, uh, I'm going to no, text he's, he's, him. <laughs> he's way too still. Uh, we'll, we'll get Peter back eventually. One of these days. Peter, are you alive? <laughs> um, Question uh, I think this is important. The This poker game has ray tracing. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like... I want to download it, the Quake 2 ray tracing demo now that I have the uh, 2080 Ti. I want to I play around with ray tracing. See, It's amazing. It's like everything is just going to get so surreal, realistic. Hi, Euro truck simulator. All that jazz. It's going to be like, you don't even have to like drive a truck anymore. Just play a video game. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like, I think they're training the next generation of truck drivers who are just going to stay home and like pilot autonomous trucks. Sure. <laughs> Sounds like it'll work. I mean, it's just like backing up is the hardest part. <laughs> I mean, if we can do drones, we can do autonomous right? trucks. Like, yeah. I feel oh, there. like oh there he goes oh he's back and now everything shifted so I'm Jake Jake's Peter and Peter yes. is me. It's <laughs> what we've always wanted. Oh there we go. Okay. Oh Jesus Christ Almighty! Fuck you, Spectrum. Um, yeah. Big shout out to Spectrum. Thanks for making uh, your hamsters work overtime on the weekends to run your internet. <laughs> Oh, boy. Uh, so Celeste has been added to Xbox Game Pass, as well as Deep Rock Galactic, East Shade, Knights and Bikes, and Comanche have all been added to Xbox Game Pass. And Celeste was also in the news where... Out of nowhere, like I, I, I guess maybe someone on Twitter asked the creator of Celeste this question. I don't know where they would have gotten this question from or why it matters to Celeste at all, but they confirmed that the protagonist Madeline is trans. Wow, great! Sure. Whatever. Is it a good game? <laughs> Celeste is a very good game, yeah. It's, but it's a platformer. <laughs> like, it doesn't really seem like it would... It's a game about climbing a mountain. Uh, it's an interesting little uh, platformer. I think the gimmick is that you get a, a an air dash and a, maybe a double jump. And the controls are really tight. But it's one of those, like, retro indie games where you know we made an 8-bit video game in 2019 yeah. sort of deal like retro uh, yeah that got really popular a couple yeah, years ago that have maintained popularity but i think the charm has for me the charm has worn off it's funny that people are saying that they're calling it pulling a jk rowling it kind of feels like it it's like yeah she's definitely trans to be inclusive, it's like we definitely had that in mind from the beginning, because that's Although, how we how we create our characters. 
Um, yeah, so this is going to be an interesting episode to edit uh, based on what Peter just told me. Um, he's really trying to connect there. It's not showing video or audio. Okay. Yeah, oh, I don't think J.K. Rowling is going to come out and say that any of her uh, characters were trans. Yeah, Dumbledore was actually trans. It's Mrs. Dumbledore. Well, how would you feminize the name Dumbledore? Dumbledina. Dumbledina. Oh, no, Works it'd be uh, Albus. It'd be uh, Alba. Alba. Jessica Alba. Um, <laughs> let's see. Let's, let's be here. Um, he's trying to connect. That wasn't Peter. That was Diane. Um, Some of the new uh, Watch Dogs Legion um, like copies have been sent out for like early gameplay to people and it it looks pretty cool um i mean i think it's definitely going to do better than the watchdogs before it seems like it has a little bit more action to it um i i, I feel like watchdogs when it came out it was not super exciting it was just like look at you can hack a camera it's it like, was wow, it was a, a tepid ubisoft clone of gta yeah Watchdog doesn't feel two, the same. as I recall, was a little bit better received. Oh, but I'm just kind of surprised one? that um, they've sold well enough that they're making a third Watchdogs game. Yeah, I didn't. I thought this was the second one. Honestly, <laughs> I didn't even remember the second one. <laughs> um, Shows you the impact of that, huh? <laughs> exactly. Well, I know this one is like. I, I know that the allure to this one is is big into like cust. Uh, character customization um from what i understand if you like die or something you like come back as another um like operative in this like organization that uh i guess engages citizens in doing antifa like shit protesting against uh you know the, this tyrannical government that's all around uh it's set futuristic society a little bit um so you have like the police i think with the police state has like drones that do shit um but yeah i i think it's i think it's gonna be kind of i think it's gonna be better at least and plus it's british england london whatever the uk brexit brexit breakfast in my brexit uh breakfast AMD has released their fourth generation Ryzen processors based on their Zen 3 architecture, which we uh, we detailed the announcement. The third-party benchmarks have come out, and yep, uh, AMD's claims were true. They are destroying Intel uh, in gaming now, which was the one advantage that Intel had. And now it's gone. <laughs> So we'll see if uh, Intel can clap back with Rocket Lake, which they are claiming will give them an 18% IPC uplift, which would put them back ahead of AMD. Uh, but the fact that they're like, that one advantage they had is now gone. Like the one reason to buy Intel <laughs> is no longer a reason to buy Intel is really going to cut into their bottom line. But availability for these CPUs has been pretty poor um i saw complaints 
when I took a break from obsessing over the election results, I saw complaints that, you know, it was a paper launch. It was just as bad as NVIDIA's RTX 3000 series launches have been. Uh, and I think that's just the new reality we face with tech launches that, like, they're going to sell out immediately. Scalpers are going to try to flip them. And, and bots are going to be a thing for the foreseeable future, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this does not bode well for AMD's graphics cards, which all are also on the TSMC 7 nanometer process, which has a limited allocation total for AMD. So the fact that they're manufacturing both parts simultaneously is going to cut into their stock of the GPUs. So I I don't think everyone who wants, and I said this last time, everyone who wants one is not going to be able to get one right away. So just settle in for, for the long game. Eventually, the stock will, will rise to meet the demand. Don't buy from scalpers because that's just going to make the problem worse in the future. Just be patient yeah. unless I mean, that's like, how that's that's what happened with like the nvidia like the 2080 the people were buying them up using sorts of software and then selling them on uh, ebay for like double the price it's crazy yeah it's it's been pretty nuts and i i anticipate that happening a lot more frequently in the future uh we are going to pause for a brief moment here uh to try to get peter back on the line and then we will do a review of mortal engines so hang tight Hey everybody, welcome back. We've rescued Peter from the dark dimension. And this time we're serious. We're back. We've rescued Peter from the dark dimension and we're going to talk about Mortal Engines. Yay, I came back just for this shit. We might God. keep it brief <laughs> to avoid further No, I want to... Uh, we're on Discord now. I'm on my phone doing this. I have my mic set up, and I'm ready to fucking ream this thing into the ground. Holy shit. We're going to shit on Mortal Engines because of this. We're all, we're all savage as fuck right now. <laughs> the Anti-Traction League can suck my knob. I'll stick <laughs> it right in that hole in the wall. <laughs> But you have to make sure you have your MacGuffin USB stick. That says I'm USA so on it? MacGuffin. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this movie yeah. is... It's not good. Peter Jackson, you did three really good movies. The rest of your track record has been pretty spotty. Yeah, and the thing is, so I, during the credits, I looked at it. And he didn't even, uh, he just did the screenplay and produced it. Which, I mean, is, is nothing, but, I mean, uh, like, Chris, Christian Rivers, I think, directed this thing? Well, yeah. the problem, largely, like, I don't know that the direction was super poor, but the, uh, the writing was not great, either. If, if Peter Jackson's the one who said, let's not establish any central characters for the first, like, 30 minutes... Uh, so that everyone seems as important as everyone else, even if they go on to not be important in the movie. Like, the only reason I knew the girl with the red fucking face scarf was important in the beginning of the movie is because she's on the fucking poster. So I assumed, well, she's probably the main character. But there was nothing that she did or was said about her in the beginning of the movie that would indicate that. <laughs> There's... Yeah. I, that's the biggest thing. There's just They could have just cut so much out. 
this was a sloppy movie. I mean that in the purely like mechanical sense, in that if this was a a tool or like a power tool or something, it would there would be slop on it. There's just a lot of extra shit going around that can just be tightened up. Get your fucking wrench and wrench down on that plot. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, they were really all over the place. I mean, it was it was, you know, uh, and and tonally too, it, it shifted all the time um, between introducing new characters who seemed important but never really did anything. Uh, where sometimes the only important part about them was to reveal one little bit of information, which was actually quite funny and i think you know what i'm talking about like the, the main the, the conflict that... where hugo weaving's character only decides that he needs to kill red face scarf girl because some side character that's just in that scene offhand mentions to him that she could be a problem and he's like oh yeah i should probably do something about that shouldn't i not because she tried to stab him in the first part of the movie or anything Oh my, this just basic unforced errors here in the writing were just so there was a multitude of them and they were all so head scratching and then the cyborg zombie shows up and it's just Dude, nobody spoilers. would be seated <laughs> nobody would be sitting still in their seats if this at the cyborg zombie aspect of the movie nobody would have seen that coming I, Unless they read yeah. the books, I guess, because the stalkers apparently are, are a thing. So I watched a few explanation videos to try to get my head around what this movie was trying to do. I'm not sure I succeeded in that goal, but I made a I made a, a manly attempt to do so. And in the books, they explain there's so there's four main books. They are the the Mortal Engines Quartet, and then there are three prequel books. And as I was explaining to Jake and Peter before we came on the air, they were books that were written that no public... They were like adult books that had a lot of politics and and heavy shit in them, and no publisher wanted anything to do with them. And then Scholastic, uh, fine purveyors of books such as the Captain Underpants series, was like, if you rewrite this for kids, we'll include it in our book fairs. And the guy who put a lot of time into the story and was probably desperate for money was like, sure, and so those books came out, and then there are three prequel books that explain more about stalkers who are people that are infused with old world technology, uh, which is like stuff from the U.S. The toasters apparently are a big one. Mm-hmm. We know more about a fucking Toast sunbeam toaster than we mm-hmm. do the main protagonists in the first ten minutes of the movie. Toast ejection. But the uh, spring is always missing. That's always there. Spring's gone on it, but they all are. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, that was that was a running joke, which shouldn't have been a running joke. Uh, you should have left it at the fucking minions. That should have been it. Oh my god! I totally jokes. forgot about the fucking minions. The fucking yeah. The Jesus minions. Jesus Christ! I didn't know we were watching a comedy, dude. That joke aged well. Good God. Aged like a fine gallon of two percent universal <laughs> we're watching your movie you don't need to tell us about your other movies you got our money already <laughs> this should not be an yeah. ad for minions slash despicable me 69 or whatever you're up to on those 
Yeah, I don't I don't care what age, how many apocalypses you have to go through. There will always be information and memes about minions that will tell you they're not deities. They shouldn't be put on a pedestal. Throw them away. They're trash. And it's just two <laughs> I minions. I kill. Um oh yeah. So I I guess I have to ask this question. So you saw some explanation videos, Kurt. Uh, yeah. Um so would it be safe to say that the draw of this franchise is the world building, the setting of this film. Um, yeah, I would I would assume that would be what draws people in. Although much like Dune had a similar issue, where like the book Dune, like the first book, like the first half of it is just all really dry, hard to get through world building, so you can understand even a little bit the plot that's going on and i don't know if it's as bad in the mortal engines books and i don't really know how popular the mortal engine series of books was uh to be perfectly honest with you or how well written they were so i can't really just assume that like it was a failed adaptation maybe this was like a honest and good attempt and the source material is just bad but yeah i would assume the draw is this this concept of moving cities and to my knowledge the anti-traction league does not exist in the books that was something they added in to appeal to the chinese market because it's totally china (laughs) oh my god really oh that's awful i do yeah that yeah that makes a lot of sense because it was definitely like yeah china's the good guy in this one london is bad we've got a walled city to keep out barbarians that doesn't remind you of anything does it there's no great wall that exists in your world (laughs) um all right so even before that so you just told me that the draw of this movie is the setting why then are we told that there are 10 12 characters that we should consider important in this script because the script is poorly written so it's not necessarily a bad thing to have many different subplots within a larger plot in your movie in fact that is often a mark of quality in a movie the the issue here is that all the subplots have to move towards a common goal they have to all advance towards the same end goal so let's peter jackson helpfully has another series of movies that has many plots and subplots in it that we can compare this to. So let's talk about Mortal Engines as it compares to Lord of the Rings. So in Lord of the Rings, every character's goal and every subplot advances one of two, and there's clearly defined sides. It advances one of two goals. Sauron's goal to take over Middle-earth or Middle-earth's goal to destroy Sauron. Every plot, mm-hmm. Sam and Frodo's plot, Vigo and uh, Legolas's plot, they all, they're all different. They're all happening concurrently in different parts of the story, but they're all advancing the goal of destroying Sauron. In Mortal Engines, you just have shit popping up left and right that doesn't really advance yeah. towards any goal. And like even the characters within themselves, their goals are kind of like 
not 100% clear like what is he Hugo Weaving's character its goal is his goal to absorb all the roaming cities is his goal to take over the anti-traction league because it, it shifts to that in the third act well, but it, was it wasn't so, that it was in so the first two acts <laughs> I mean it, it was it was flawed from the get-go I mean his his goal was that that this uh the the, the mayor the, the ma- lord mayor yeah. of London uh, was was a big fan of municipal Darwinism, which was basically eat up and use other cities as fuel. So you catch fuel. What? Fine. Whatever. That's take the resources. Concept. Yeah, take their resources. That's that's an okay concept. I actually kind of like that. However, it's when you say, okay, now we're shifting my goal. Like Hugo even reveals his actual plot is to, or actual goal is to knock down the wall. That is at uh, Shun Shun Guo. Shang Guo, as he says, Shang-Guo. as white as he can. <laughs> we Shang-Guo. will Guo. Shang Guo. <laughs> so it's a knockdown Shang Guo, and to to get past that wall to get into like uh, the east, so China and everybody <laughs> and every place, because apparently that has a lot of other roaming cities. Or not? No, the thing is, the, the whole point <laughs> of resources? the Shanguo is that there are no roaming cities. It's the anti-traction exactly. league. <laughs> but he was like, he was saying, he's like, oh, we're gonna get, we're gonna knock down that wall and go over there and start and use that as our hunting ground. It's like, how can you say that's a hunting ground when there's no roaming cities? You have to have prey to be able to hunt. And there's no prey. Be- Arguably, the South would be the better prey. It's because Why not just they go had to shoehorn this Chinese stand-in into a script that had no place for it. And you could have done it a little more gracefully. So, like, the, our main character, Scarf Girl, because I can't be bothered to remember her name. Um, her mother knew, was this character? Valentine? Pandora. Right? <laughs> Valentine was Hugo Raven's yeah. character. He, uh, yeah. So yeah. they were they were fucking, apparently, because they have a I'm your was father it? moment towards the end of the yeah, movie. <laughs> which I thought was just she knew because they were living together. He would come and visit her all the time. I was like, wait, are they really trying to say that her father was her father and make that act like it's a twist? Yeah. And they're like, they don't they can't say I am your father because Disney would be upset for copyright infringement on Star Wars. Uh, so they just do it with weird glances. Uh, but Valentine uses his mother, uses her mother to uh, obtain the artifacts he needs for his Medusa super weapon. Um, which, if the goal of Scarf Girl was to stop that from firing, she fails, because he fires that thing fucking twice. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, he kills a lot of people. He kills a lot of people. But and then living, that, the point I'm trying to make is that her and her mother are living in the middle of nowhere. Like, they're not in a moving city. They're not in the anti-traction league. They're just on land somewhere else. Wouldn't it have been yeah. better for them to just live inside the walls of Shanguo so there's some emotional resonance and reason to care about Shanguo? Because as it stands, just in the third act, you're told... There's this walled city in the east where there are no moving cities. Everyone lives on land and peaceful harmony. And Hugo Weaving now wants to destroy slash take over it. Yeah. He had no motivation. It gets worse. Because if you remember in the plot, 
she knows the people in the wall. Uh, her symbol on her little fucking necklace is connected to the people in the wall. And it's just, it's, she's written like she should have actually come from that place. But yeah. she came from a lighthouse. <laughs> Not the lighthouse, just a lighthouse. Would have been I, better if it guess, was the lighthouse. I would have loved to see. My guess is she came from like Greenland or Iceland. <laughs> like, I think she was living in like Iceland. Because it, so her mom would go to like old America, right? Mm hmm. Like, she would go to old America and like scavenge stuff and then like bring back artifacts. And then that's why. That's sort of how, like, Hugo Weaving's character, Valentine and her mom, Pandora, Pandora's <laughs> box, um, would, oh, she found a box, Pandora's box. <laughs> Don't open Pandora's box. Don't open it. <laughs> wow, this is the first time this has ever been done. Brilliant writing. Fucking love it. Um, but I think she was like, and then he, he would just go visit her, uh, and I... I bought like the connection between the mother and, and Valentine because there was like okay they were both archaeologists sort of like historians that's fine like, that, that was okay but it was just but then, so like, obvious why kill that her? it was well it, it was it, it became really obvious that he was using her which is is fine if it's like a professional relationship like he's a mentor to her or or a colleague and, but it's it's clear and we learn this at the end of the movie that the two are romantically involved. And if it's this obvious, he's just using her to further his end goals. How would how would that have not come out at some point when you know he's fathering your child, he's siring your child? Mm -hmm. it, the, right. the interplay between those two characters in specific, which so much of the movie hinges on, is very weak. So the foundation mm -hmm. on which this movie is built is very weak, which I guess is fitting because nothing, no settlements are like settled. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. They should have, it really shouldn't have been about characters. Like, that's what I'm trying, that's what I've been trying to get at for a while here. Because the concept is what draws people. No one cares about Esther Shaw. Esther Shaw. <laughs> oh, my fucking God. No, like. I should have been I when I saw this movie I just kept thinking of like Pacific Rim where you know it has characters it has a end of the world scenario but it's about the big robots and all the yeah. big robots are cool you know we see London two little scav thingies at a Bavarian mining town and a prison and, and don't like forget the, the sky yeah. city yeah and the sky city balloon town but like those aren't those are just names like we get london which is like an actual city and it was it was kind of funny because they're they're imperialists like england it's like okay and i just think how they just didn't capitalize on that at all i wanted at least it when they go out to the prison boat like the prison spider could you imagine cool. hugo weaving he's on venice and venice is a giant gondola on the sea yeah that would have be been amazing yeah yeah, that would have been really cool. That, I I think I think they could have done some really really neat stuff, and I think they they missed the shot at were, you know it's it's funny when this when this movie's aim was to world build and 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 have that as its main allure, they missed the mark on on world building because moving cities. So the thing about this is it's trying to tell a really big story, but you have to keep it small 
so the audience can like connect with it on an emotional level. Yeah. They mm-hmm. they went too wide with it. So it's kind of like I there the reason Batman Arkham Asylum worked so well and a way that a lot of other superhero video games didn't work well is it made the somewhat controversial decision at the time to limit the scope and it was able to tell a more concise story that it was able to build upon later and expand the scope. That's how you have to approach the same way with a movie like this. You have to make it a story. Like I think it does have to be a story about characters to a certain extent. You have to have a small core group. Like Pirates of the Caribbean is a good example. The story is big. There's a lot of moving elements at play. But at its core, there's three central characters. There's Will, Jack, and Kira Knightley's character, whose name escapes me at the moment. Rose? That's Rose, Titanic. Damn it. Um... Titanic, also a good example of how to manage your character economy very well. Because it has, yeah. has a big ensemble cast, but they you have to be... You only care about Jack and Rose and the fucking... The, the, the douche. The asshole. Yeah. Billy Zane. Um, Billy Zane. But yeah, yeah so like... Like, if like would, in this, we should have cared about Tom and uh, Hester and then Valentine. That's if you had kept it small like that, it would have worked a little bit better. And you can, like, they were kind of on the right track. Like, the beginning had potential. So when you get to the point where Hugo Weaving casts out uh, Tom and... uh, Mm -hmm. Esther Shaw. Esther Shaw. Esther. Um, They then, you could have used their journey together to explore the world and they did it for a little bit like that slave trade thing that was great i really like that part and then it then it got really convoluted when you know the the the, the lady from uh shanguo uh anna fang anna fang i just uh, want to say ada wong i keep wanting to say <laughs> yeah she's only listed in imdb as jihai uh <laughs> so i don't know what that is <laughs> um um but yeah, Anna Anna Fang um, comes in and and just uh, uh, kind of like throws a monkey wrench in it, and it's like okay, now I'm gonna ex- expand upon your worldview by like tenfold, and it's it's done so I think uh, haphazardly and rushed. It is very uh, rushed, and it, the only reason that, it's done at that point in the movie is to set up the conflict for the third act. Yeah. That's the only purpose it serves. But if you have and to have a like, Chinese main character, that's true. Um, <laughs> because she gets way too much characterization. She should have been cool foil who dies. And you're like, how badass? She even gets the I, th- I fall like Christ into the smoke. I'm so cool. When, and I'm like, you didn't earn flower. that movie. You didn't earn that at all. <laughs> like also the ships, the ships were really cool design. I, I, I liked a lot. I liked a lot about some of the, the the designs that they made for the movie the art direction was it's, was good the special effects somehow were worse than they were in lord of the rings which is weird given yeah. the amount of technological advancement in the time i first saw it when they were like <laughs> picking up that bavarian city when they were like scooping it up yeah and the rough. dirt looked like the dirt oh my god the dirt looked like asshole 150 when it was just like 
Oh, the particle effects. It just couldn't handle it. It's like we just stopped rendering it's it It's like Borderlands through. 3 when all the particle effects go and your frame rate just tanks <laughs> yeah. down to 30. <laughs> it was pretty bad. I was like, ooh. You spent too much time on the walking cities and the crawling, driving cities. Yeah. Um. But yeah, it. It. I think, and and that's why I was wondering if how many movies they were planning on this being, uh, because I feel like this would have done a whole lot better if they would have like cut this in like two thirds. Given it's Peter Jackson, I would assume that they were going for a trilogy. <sighs> yeah, mm-hmm. and I'm like, I, I could definitely see this as being like, like cut it maybe in like, maybe have like the climax be something where they're on their way to Shanguo or wherever it is you know uh, what it, the, the wall city you know what it should have been i can i can write this movie right now so in the pre in the first act the first 10 minutes when you're setting everything up you need to establish that all the cities all around the world want to get to shanguo because it's safe from the the royal or whatever the fuck because we're apparently we're on zendikar yes right yeah and then you have the main conflict of the movie being the Medusa weapon is scattered throughout the cities, and they have to fight each other to get the weapon to break the wall. Then you have the the cities fighting. You can have your characters in it, and maybe one you know you can have all those moments. And then there's your climax. You can get to the third act just fine. I did like the fact that there was um, the element of like using the Medusa weapon was uh, such an. Uh, kind of an awful thing like the lord mayor like you, you learn from your history like that was the entire lesson of it mm-hmm. like why would you use this thing that caused the downfall of the world in the first place and now you're just repeating history and it was it, like hugo weaving's character like his response to that was dumb it was like nah this is the future you idiot <laughs> it's, it's, like, no, future. It's, it's, a, it's like you're so that's such an awful explanation, and like clearly you have no motive to go knock down and use this weapon. And I was sort of surprised. Maybe it's, maybe they didn't expand upon it too much with like how like the citizens of London feel, but like they were all hyped and jazzed about using this big laser weapon. Yeah, and then and, and then Tom says there are, there are so many innocent people on the ship, and then it cuts to them fucking like kill the wall, kill the wall. Yeah. And it's like, and it's like, I thought, wait, I thought from like Tom's perspective and this, of these historians perspective that like using this weapon was like awful. And I'm like, is this just like not known to the general public that you like using this weapon is bad? Well, to be fair, like there, there are not a small amount of people in the world today where if you ask them about, you know, what should we do about the Middle East? They'll be like, oh, just nuke them all. Yeah. Yeah. There are dumb people. Yeah, that's there are definitely non-zero amount of people. That's kind of terrifying. Uh, yeah. Um, so I mean, yeah, but it, it, I guess it just seemed like. I guess since oh, the no, movie yeah. never it's, portrayed it's, it's really anybody bad as that, it the movie immediately contradicts itself in that way. Yeah, because like it's like I could have seen it. Like I would have accepted something where like if there was a, a portion of the people that they showed that were like this is bad like this is kind of scary that they're using this but like it never even bothered with that they were just like they kind of generalized it and made it seem like oh no everybody's on board with using the big fucking quantum laser weapon against the wall of innocent people except for except for one one guy bothering anybody so the one dude pomeroy who shouldn't have been a character really shouldn't (laughs) have been a character he was was, uh here's a secret tunnel secret tunnel how, random how god guys, reference thrown in how do you guys oh. feel about the uh the forced 
uh, emotional connection between the uh, cyborg zombie and uh, Esther. Bad. You know, I uh, I kind of liked it. I don't know. Um, I thought it was kind of weird, and I, 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 I had mixed feelings about the fact that uh, just because Hester Shaw was there, uh, this this robot killed so many people. It just like, it didn't seem to make, and we're just okay with this. It didn't seem to make a lot of sense that this robot that loved her enough to want to turn her into a robot so she could live forever would at the drop of a hat turn into a T one thousand relentless killer <laughs> to to get her. It just seemed a little. And- little incongruency in character motivation there. Maybe it's because they didn't expand upon them as much as they probably should have, but there was something that Tom said that was like, they took all like the evil parts of the, of the person before and then put it into a robot. And like when his, I took it later on as like when his eyes were like bright green, it's like he was consumed by rage and like hurt. So, and my understanding of that is when you turn someone into a stalker, that's what happens. But we saw this stalker take her in and develop an emotional attachment to her post being turned into a stalker. In. I don't know it either because was... the movie needed that to happen, I guess. Well, I mean, in, yeah, he had his own kid and his his zombie brain remembered that and she's like you will be my surrogate dead son here (laughs) symbolism um and then yeah it's just it's poopy though it's poopy and they did and and it wasn't told elegantly like they did these when he was dying those flashbacks get rid of all of them kill them all get get that whole flash he just he should just die and look into the camera Honestly, I would have liked it if, like, she brought him onto the ship and then tried to fix him later and was like, oh, I'm going to try to make him better. So apparently in the books he comes back because you can re-resurrect stalkers, apparently. Sure, that's fine. (laughs) Whatever. Okay. So death doesn't matter. (laughs) It's it's inconsequential. Then that's an okay thing. Because I would have liked to see, like, her try to redeem him. And then now, like, Shrike has, like, this character arc of, like, of of not by his own volition but by other people being like we're gonna fix you and reprogram you that's why this would have worked much better as a miniseries in my opinion because there's too many plot threads to try to establish and resolve in a two-hour runtime movie yeah my least favorite was uh uh thaddeus valentine's daughter Catherine. oh that uh, yeah was just a, a concerned, nervous Nelly the entire time. Uh, really didn't get her out of here. Said, Cut get, that character. Get that character out of here. There's, she really didn't do it. What did she do? She didn't nothing. do anything. So many of these characters do nothing or one thing that could have been done by another character. You could mm-hmm. you could trim the character roster by about sixty five percent and lose nothing from this movie. Exactly. Literally, if you were to if you were to take if you were to take Catherine out, that means that like there wouldn't be any need for what's his name? Levis? <laughs> Levis yeah. Pod. yeah, what's his no name? Need, no need for him. You don't need him in there. Oh, but how would Tom get down to the lower levels in time when she has a level one 
path. I don't know. Fucking take that out. Maybe the somebody from someone else. There's a dead yeah. guard. <laughs> like Deus oh, Ex God. Machina gets derided, but it's a more pleasant alternative than shoehorning in one or two other characters that do one thing. Mm-hmm. And yeah. so, and here's the other thing about that is like because people who watch the books would be like, yeah, I've watched the books. They'd be like, what about so-and-so character? He wasn't in the movie. But, but then if you have those same people and you ask them like, all right, so what's it like in the books? And then they have to go and explain this whole fucking subplot. You ever done that where you read a book? Yes. Someone watches a movie and you're like, explain. And halfway through, you're like, oh, this is dumb. Like I, I, the movie just. Yeah, I feel like I do that a movie. lot with uh, comic books adaptations where I'm like, I can't like just explain to you the plot without like going into these other like subplots and sub characters, which is fine in a medium where like the story is being told over several issues of the comics. But yeah. in a movie, you have to be you have to be trimmer than that. You have to be concise. You have to find Economical. a way to distill it down. Yeah. You have to be judicious with your screen time because it's so finite. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and he wasn't. That's just the core of it. They weren't. This was, like I said, sloppy. It was just, it's a bucket full of water, and the guy's just running, and there's crap flying all over the place. And that's what this movie is. So, yeah, uh, to the question that Jake posed, uh, the thing was we would watch Mortal Engines and then try to figure out why it lost $100 million, and I think it's pretty apparent. The movie is just too difficult to follow, and the story is not engaging. Yeah, mm-hmm. it, it. I thought it had more to do with the fact that other releases were out of the time, and it was there were there were better things to watch, frankly, and 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 there were. Yeah, it's just that there there was probably a that contributed to that, that. because for sure mm-hmm. is because probably whenever when first people saw this movie, they were like, "Hey, don't don't go see this." I think it would have done it's, it's, better if it released in like the January February lull period. But I don't think it would have ever been profitable in theaters. It, I just can't see Ugh. enough people going in out of curiosity, yeah. and the, the there would have been no positive word of mouth. Like I, I wouldn't. Yeah, I and, can't recommend this to anyone. <laughs> and and to like to like take what Peter said about like comparing it to like Pacific Rim. Like the the draw for Pacific Rim wasn't the character story and and the the plot or whatever it was the robots fighting the big monsters and i don't think uh well this this didn't really have too many of the moving cities but uh moving cities eating other moving cities and blowing up big wall wasn't enough uh draw yeah i made this um, point peter brought up the pacific ring point when we did this review too and i it just jogged my memory when bat when we did a review of batman versus superman I made the point, the movie is called Batman vs. Superman. I bought my ticket to see Batman vs. Superman. I didn't buy my ticket to wade through two hours of bullshit to get ten minutes of Batman vs. Superman fighting and then them teaming up to fight Monster Mash because I refuse to call it Doomsday. And, oh, Wonder Woman's here. That's not what I paid to see. <laughs> it's it's exactly... Yeah. We paid to see the mortal engines, those big cities. Uh, so I guess in summary, don't watch this movie. If you want a recommendation from me, if you like 
like something that when I was watching this, the the whole aesthetics of it reminded me of this. Now, when we watched Trigun, because you know I love Trigun, did you guys? We didn't watch all the episodes. Did you guys watch the Sand Steamer uh, two parter? I don't remember. Okay. So in the story, they get on a big sand steamer, which is essentially a mortal engine. It's a giant fucking train that goes through the desert because no one can live anywhere on this nasty planet. And it gets held up by bandits. And there's a whole arc where it's about to go off a cliff. And that just, that was the whole, you want the third act of this movie, but told better and with, you know, some care and tact. Just go watch that. Go if you want that, the third act of this movie, but told better, watch Star Wars. <laughs> That's true. Because <laughs> yeah, right. it just yeah. becomes Star Wars. They get in their not X-Wings to destroy their not Death Star, and not Darth Meanwhile, Vader tells not Luke Skywalker that they're their father. <laughs> after not Darth Vader fights not Obi-Wan. <laughs> yes, after this not just, Obi-Wan sacrifices just... itse- themselves so that the not Rebels can blow up the not Death Star. <laughs> This was just this was just Star it, it's Wars. It's fucking just Star around. Wars. Just watch Star Wars. It's Star better. Wars. There's, there's, a, there's a fucking one. There's a pilot. There's a pilot. Yes, who, Tom just becomes who, Han Solo because the third act requires him to become Han Solo. Just watch fucking Star Wars. It's shorter. It's better, and you can watch it for free on Disney Plus. <laughs> Oh, remember? Oh God! All right, yeah, we got it. We got to end this. I'm just thinking the last the the. If you want this distilled into one shot, it's the red. It's the red leader. The red leader fly, flying machine pulling up as it shoots the missile into the hole of the of the London city. We're not kidding. This actually happens in the movie. It is that blatant. Do you think on the screenplay, Peter Jackson, just for the third act, wrote a Star Wars Death Star scene? See Star Wars. (laughs) Uh, I am your father. Uh, Side note, check Disney for copyright. (laughs) Might have to work around those words. And they're like, yeah, yeah, no, we we have I'm your father copyrighted, you son of a bitch. Try something else, maybe a flashback. How about weird glances? How does that how does that grab you? Mm-hmm. And then she gets distracted and loses the gun. Yeah. Oh. So uh, watch Star Wars: The Mortal Engines. Yeah. All right, that's that's all. Great movie, ten out of ten. <laughs> <laughs> That's an IMDb review right there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Watch Star Wars, but great movie. Ten out of ten. So yeah, that's that's Mortal Engines. That's I, I think we've ranted a healthy amount on that. So uh, tune in Twitch TV slash Saturn Studs Mass Effect Three live stream. We're we're pushing on. We're we're close. I think we're we're on disc two for sure. <laughs> we have all our war assets basically. We're, um, I think we're a little short. We're like a few hundred short. But it, by the time we get to where we can go back to Earth, we should be golden with our 3,100. Um, mm-hmm. So it's close. We're gonna, we're definitely going to do the uh, Far Rim, Cory and Geth storyline, which is which is a, a heavy one. So uh, bring, bring some coping mechanisms because you might need them. Because um, we haven't 
then true enough and then game get uh so that's happening on their youtube.com has archives of our old streams we've got our south park let's play going up there right now so if you you're curious to see our uh take on the fractured butthole you can see it on there as well as some of our more classic streams and such links to everything all their social media or twitter at studs saturn facebook.com backslash saturn studs podcast can all be found on saturnstuds.com which i am reminded i have to renew the domain name for so <laughs> uh saturnstuds.com's place to go for that and until next time be well stay safe and party like it's 1995 peace bye bye